see it. Come on, let's give me a shout of praise. Hey, don't you love that, that song? With, with everything, we will shine forth your glory. Amen, family? Man, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. So welcome, everyone. My name is Omar, and I serve as a lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And I want to take the time to welcome everyone watching us right now online and also everyone watching us right now at our local campuses live all throughout Miami. In fact, family, let's go give it up for them. Hey, we love you so much and we thank you for joining us today. And we are on our third and final week of the series called Undivided. And uh, it's a series that we've joined over a hundred other churches here in South Florida. And we've been talking about how we can remain undivided as a church, as a people of God, in the middle of a very divisive season in our nation. And so today we're going to be looking at how we can remain undivided in the way that we serve and love this city. And so I'm ready to dive into God's Word. Are you all too? Yeah, so am I. So wherever you are, open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16, and you can just follow along as I read. Listen to what God's Word says. It says this. It says, you... Christ Fellowship, and you are the light of this world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light what? Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That is God's word. You can go and take a seat, everybody. Now, how many of you know where Bill Backs Park here in South Florida, by show of hands, yeah, at all campuses, yeah? Yeah, it's located on the beaches of Biscayne Bay. And folks, for years, we, were, we went there and we were baptizing people there and we loved it, really great memories. We hope to be back at some point in the future just to, to continue doing that. But one of the things I love about this park is not only the beautiful beaches, but specifically the lighthouse, right? The beautiful lighthouse. In fact, many Hispanic people call it El Farito, right? If you're, if you're Hispanic, you know how it's, it's a common name here in Miami. Now, follow me here. Because this lighthouse is not only beautiful, but it's also full of history. You see, this lighthouse was built back in 18 in 1825, and get this, it is the oldest standing structure here in South Florida. Pretty cool, right? And family, when it was built, when it was built, it had one simple purpose. Are you all ready? And it was to shine light in the darkness, to shine light in the, in the darkness. You see, when this lighthouse was built back in that time, the coastal parts of Florida in that region uh, were very, very dangerous. The reason being is because there were many reefs that would just pop out of nowhere. And so many sailors would crash into these reefs. They would lose all their goods. And many people had lost their lives. And so don't miss this. When, the moment that they built this lighthouse, and it began to shine in the middle of a dark world, and those sailors set their eyes on that lighthouse. Listen, not only were they able to ensure a safe journey home, but in the process, listen, because of that light, it saved many lives in the process. 
Now, family, let me just bring all this over to our teaching for today. Because, family, what an image of what we are called to do as the people of God. And by that, I mean that just like that lighthouse, right, is shown light in the middle of a dark, dark world. Listen, just like that, right? And here's the big idea as we finish off this series. Listen, the people of God, you, Christ Fellowship, listen, we are called to be a light in the middle of a dark world, in the middle of a dark, dark city. And who knows, maybe you're out there right now and you're wondering, Omar, I get that we're supposed to be a light, but how can we be a light? Because everywhere I look, there's so much darkness. You know, there's so much hurt. You know, there's so much discouragement. There's so much poverty. There's so much addiction. There's so much divorces. There's so many things happening, so much pain, so much suffering. And so how can we, right, as Christ Fellowship, as, as a small group of people, how can we be a light in the middle of this dark city? Well, we're going to find out from Matthew chapter 5. All right, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 5, wherever you find yourself. And also, I want to encourage you, open up your CF Miami apps. Uh, there you can follow along with us. The passages, the fill in the blanks, you can type them in there. And you can also write in notes as you go through the teaching, right? So with that in mind, I have two thoughts for us on how we can be a light in the dark world. So write this down as point number one. The first thing we need to internalize is deep in our hearts is that we really are the light of the world. Now, slip into the scene for a moment because Jesus had just begun his ministry here on earth. And the first area where he began to do his ministry was in the area of the Sea of Galilee. You know, many people think that the first place where Jesus did ministry was down south in Jerusalem. But in reality, it was right up here in, this, in the area called Sea of Galilee. And so he was, here's what he would do. He would, get, he would come around the coast of that little sea, that sea up there, and he would get on a mount, and he would just grab all his little band of disciples, and from there, he would teach his followers. And so, folks, listen to what he tells them as he gathers all of them by the Sea of Galilee. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 14. It says this. It says, you are the light of the world. And a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, family, I know it's a smaller verse, but I love this because at this point, he looks into the eyes of all of his followers, of all the disciples. And these were really peasants under Roman captivity. Many of them were just simple, simple people. There were people, a lot of them were poor and educated. And it's to this little band of followers that he looks to them and says, hey, you, are the light of this world. Now, folks, imagine how they must have felt to hear that they are the light of the world. And family, listen, the same way as in the Lord tells us, right, his little group of followers here at Christ Fellowship, it's almost like he looks at us and he says, listen, you are the light of this world. And folks, the reason that our Lord used that metaphor right, of a city on a hill, was right because right behind him, right, imagine, as he's teaching there in, in, by the Sea of Galilee, right behind him, there's a city on a hill, on a mountaintop called Susida. And this hill, listen, at night, it would light up 
and it would give light to all that region. And so as Jesus is teaching there, they knew, he's like, hey, you're going to be like that city, Susida, that gives light in the middle of a dark world. And so just so you have a better understanding of what Jesus was referring to, take a look at this video. Pretty cool, right? And so, and so put yourself in that position. So Jesus is there and saying, listen, just like, listen, that city right up there that you're looking at right now, and every single night it gives light to the middle of a dark, dark region. Listen, just like that, you are going to be the light of the world. And so, folks, before, listen, as they under, started to grasp their, their mind, listen, to understand that they were, we're going to be a light in the middle of a dark world, just like we are going to be a light in the middle of a dark world. Listen, here's the first thing we need to remember as we begin to shine the light of Christ. Write this down at small letter A. We've got to remember that Jesus ultimately, though, is the source of light. Amen? He's a source of light. In fact, let's leave the Gospel of Mark and let's go to the Gospel of John and listen to what he says of our Lord says in John chapter 8, verse 12. He says this. He says, again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. Now, family, this is a life-changing verse if you see Christ for who he really is. Because, you see, following the Lord is more than just tagging along behind them. Following Christ is more than just tuning in once in a while to church or coming to church randomly. Listen, coming to know Christ, it means following him for who he is. It's coming to a point where you put all of your trust, all of your faith, all of you surrender your entire life to him or who he is. And folks, notice, once you start following him, once you start you know, you know, um, trusting him and following his commands in his life, listen, here's what happens. Now he becomes part of who you are, right? You now have Christ in you. You see, and so when you follow the Lord, listen, the Lord promises you that he will be your good shepherd. Listen, that he will be your living water, that he will be your bread from heaven, that he will be your God, and listen, he will be your light. Can I get amen to that? See, one, the moment you start following the Lord, listen, he becomes your light and his light is out in you. And here's the thing. Once you have his light, once you surrender your life to the Lord, write this down as letter B. Now we reflect the light of Jesus. See, the idea is that wherever you go, wherever you find yourself, listen, that you are reflecting the light of the, of the Lord. 
See, there's what Jesus said going back to the passage. Jesus says this. He says, you are a, the light of the world. See, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In other words, Christ's fellowship. Listen, we as a people of God, we are called to shine the light of Christ. Now, when you may be hearing this, you may be thinking, oh, my, I get that we should shine the light of Christ, but how exactly do we do that? Because sometimes, you know, it just sounds so abstract. Oh, we just got to shine the light of Christ, but, but what exactly does that mean? How do you shine the light of Jesus? Well, write this down as big number two, all right? Listen, we shine bright when we serve this city. And we serve this city. Now let's go back to a text and so you can see what I mean. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your what? A little louder, come on. Your good works. Now, folks, notice carefully. Because Jesus here doesn't say, listen, let your light shine by your amazing prayer life. Jesus doesn't say, hey, shine your light by how much theology you know. Jesus doesn't say, hey, shine your light based on what a great fellowship we got here at church behind these four walls. He doesn't say that. It says, no, 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 no. It says, listen, it shine your light, and it says, by what? By your good works. In other words, by the way that you serve others, by the way that you love the people of this city. Because family, what good is it? Listen, what good is it if we have this, so, such a profound prayer life? What good is it if we have so much theological knowledge that our heads are about to explode? What good is it if we have the best friendships here at church behind these four walls? What good is that if we don't shine the light of Christ? It's almost like you get all that prayer, all the theology, all the friendship, and like Jesus said, you put a cover on top of that light. And you see, family, listen, it just cannot be a few of us. See, Christ did not envision that just a few families will shine the light of Christ. In fact, he wants everyone that's part of this church family to shine that light together. You know, going back to the city of Susita, the reason that that city shines so much light in the middle of a dark, dark sky, listen, was not because there were a couple homes, a couple families that turned on their lights. No, right? It was because all the families... Everyone living in that city turned on their light and it became a beacon of light for everyone in that region. And family, in the same way, listen, if we are going to shine the light of Christ in the city of Miami, it just cannot be just a few of us. It can't just be the real passionate ones or the people who love to serve. No, 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 no. If we're going to be the light of this city, then all of us need to, cut, to come together to serve the Lord. Amen, family? Listen, we all need to come together. And folks, this is why I'm so proud of being part of this church. Because for 103 years, listen, we have been a church 
that have shined the light of Christ here in Miami-Dade County. And my desire, our hope, is for the next 103 years so we can shine the light of Christ. Amen, family? And that should be our desire. And so as we move forward, right, in this crazy season that we're living in, I said, I want us to have the right mindset about how we should serve the people of Miami and the good works that we should do. In fact, write this down as letter A. First off, listen, the reason we serve is to bring him glory and not ours. Amen? In fact, let's go back to a text. Let's do what it says. It says, let your, shine be, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. And notice, and give what? Glory to your Father who is in heaven. In other words, one of the ways that we as a church collectively that we shine the light of Christ is when we all come together and we serve this city. And family, here's what I love. Nothing that we ever do is ever wasted in God's economy. You know, whenever a, a nonprofit or a business or an organization, whenever they do things to serve the city, good things, good deeds, they always evaluate it at the end of the day on ROI. See, how many customers came in? You know, how, many, how much sales came in or how many times did we get a retweet, a retweet on Twitter or a reshare on Facebook or a like on Instagram, right? They, they evaluate this by how much of a return, of a visible return they receive. But folks, what I love is that when it comes to the Lord, not one ounce of what we do for this city is a wasted effort, Amen. Because every single thing we do, every single ounce of effort, every single drop of sweat that we do to serve this city, to love this city, listen, every single one of that, listen, brings glory to God. And even when we don't see him working, let me remind you, God is working. You know, one of the things that we are passionate here about Christ Fellowship is really to, to serve and love on our local schools. We have been doing this for a long, long time, and we love doing it. And whenever we go to a principal and we ask him, hey, what do you need to, for us to do? You know, once in a while, they tell us, hey, do a, a breakfast for the teachers, or sometimes they'll say, hey, do something for the students. But oftentimes it tells us, listen, you know what we need? Man, it's just to beautify the school. You know, the reality that they have no budget for that, the schools are not painted, there's no fresh mulch, there's no fresh plants, there's nothing. And some of the teachers are embarrassed when the, 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 when the kids come to school. And so oftentimes they tell, listen, can you just help us beautify the school just a little bit for our children? And we say, absolutely. So oftentimes we come, we come maybe like on a Saturday morning when no one's around and maybe uh, somebody comes and opens the door and we just beautify the school. We just serve the school. And just recently, there was a vice principal that came to one of our schools. They opened up the, the school for us on a Saturday morning so that we can do what, you know, we can serve them. And family, when she saw what we were doing, especially when no one looking around, listen, she was blown away. Folks, to the point that she came to our church, she started walking with the Lord, and now she's making an impact in her own school for Christ. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, we can get up for the Lord for that. But here's the thing. Even when we don't see God working, he's still working. 
But ultimately, listen, everything we do to serve people for good works is ultimately glorifying the Lord. Amen? Which, by the way, listen, I forgot, before I forget, on our app we have, for this series, we have a special area for bonus content. When you open up your app on the top, you'll see that. By the way, if you open up your app and you see this, this is our old app. Make sure you delete it and reload it with the new one on the App Store by searching CF Miami. And in this week's bonus content, I'm going to be talking about the difference between the good works that a church does and that a company or a nonprofit organization does. You know, from the outside, it might look like we're doing the same things, but there are vastly, vast, vast differences at the core of what we do, what we do. So make sure you check that out. I think it will be really helpful, and I think it will help you just dive a little deeper into God's Word. But the second thing that I want us to remember as we go out and serve is this. Write this down, letter B. Is that we serve to help people follow Jesus. You know, there's a movement out there called the social gospel. And the proponents of the social gospel say this. They say that the goal of the church is to address all the social issues that we have in our society. So they say, hey, the church is, our goal is to address economic inequality, right? To address poverty, alcoholism, crime, racial tension, slums, uh, environmental issues. And, And folks, listen, from the outside, that sounds great. But can I remind you that is not what we're called to do? Listen, absolutely, when we, we will do our best to serve the people in the city, we will love them, we will serve them. If there's an injustice that we're seeing, hey, we will do what we can to help those people out. But folks, listen, at the end of the day, what we're called to do is not so much to do social justice things, but rather ultimately to help people follow Jesus. See, all the good works, all the things that we do are not the goal, but rather they're a means to an end. That one day the people who are serving, our desire, our hope, our prayer is that those people who are serving, who were hurting, that one day they will come and follow the Lord. You know, for example, I don't know if you know this, but we here at Christ Fellowship, we have a nonprofit. And the name of that nonprofit is actually Caring for Miami. We've had it for a long, long time. It's a terrific organization. My wife serves and she's involved with Caring for Miami. And uh, one of the things that we do is, is it, Caring for Miami is one of the ways that we really serve the under-resourced and hurting here in Miami-Dade County. And so there's three programs, and let me just kind of refresh your memory as to what they do. Uh, the first program is actually Project Smile. And Project Smile, what they're involved is helping providing dental and health care needs to those people who cannot afford it. And so what's cool about Project Smile is that we have an actual dental bus. Pretty cool, right? An actual dental bus that goes to these areas that are under-resourced, who people who do not have the resources to get dental work, and we go and we serve them, we love them, we take care of all their dental needs. And just recently, which is pretty cool, uh, the Cancer Institute here in Miami, we've partnered up with them because, you know, you may not know this, but before you get cancer treatment, there's actually dental work that you have to do many of the times. They can't do it until you have certain dental work done. But sad to say, there's a lot of people who cannot get cancer treatment because they can afford the dental work. 
And so they come here to, to care for Miami. We go to them. We do their dental work, and we get them ready to get their cancer treatment. So it's been a tremendous, tremendous ministry we have going on with Project Smile. The next one is the, next one is, um, the backpack program. And this started a long time ago where one of the schools that we were affiliated with, that we were serving, told us that one day there was, in a, on a Friday afternoon, there was uh, a teacher saw some kids kind of like making fun of a, of a young little boy. And so they were saying that how the little boy smelled like something was happening with, the, with his boy. And so when a teacher went to go see him and opened up his book bag, he actually had just leftover food from lunch, and he, got, he collected a bunch of fried chicken and just different things, just different food, and just stuffed it in that backpack. And when the teacher asked him, why are you doing this? He said, because I don't have anything to eat until I come back on Monday morning. And folks, at that moment, when the, when the schools told us what was going on, we knew we had to do something. And we started one of the first backpack programs here in Miami. And listen, every single week, we have identified about 500 students here in Miami. We're getting everything ramped up again with COVID. It's been a little challenging, but we're getting ramped up again. And every single Friday, listen, we take to 500 different students a backpack full of food so that that little boy, that little girl go home eat something throughout the weekend, and when they come back on Monday, they can continue eating while they're at school. And listen, we've ramped up this whole thing with, now we're including milk and just better food, and so we're really putting a lot of focus on this backpack program. And then the other thing, the other program is the bridge program. And we've realized that a lot of people, migrants, that come here to the city, and because they don't know the English language, they can't get off their feet. And so what we started doing is doing English classes for them to learn for them and their children. It's been really, really special. And so we have, uh, you know, throughout the week we have English classes. They come and we serve them, we love on them, and we really help them start understanding the English language. But, folks, the reason that I share all this with you is this. It's because when we do everything through Caring for Miami, the end goal is not just to meet some dental needs. It's not just to put, to feed a child who's hungry on the weekend. And it's not just to teach an English class. Listen, all those things are important. But get this, understand this, that after every single dental visit, listen, we love on them, we have a gospel conversation with them, we ask if they need prayer, and we invite them to come to church. With every backpack, listen, we include little invite cards with a little note that God loves them, that there's a place for them, and we send it to the parents. And even with the bridge program, after every class, listen, we tell them about the Lord, we invite them to come to church, and we let, we let them know, listen, that there's hope in the Lord. You see, that the reason we do all this, yes, listen, we have a heart for people. We will serve, meet their physical needs to the best of our abilities. But what good is it if we don't meet their spiritual need? Amen? So, folks, the way, reason we serve is ultimately then to help people follow Jesus. And then write this down as letter C. When we serve, we serve ultimately for his reward. You know, I think it's something it's important for us to remember that we will never be able to perfectly serve people because ultimately, well, listen, we're imperfect people and we're serving just complex issues here in our city. But here's what we do know is that when we go and we serve and do we good works in the city, the Lord sees us, Amen. Listen, the Lord is watching everything we do. In fact, listen to what it says, a principle that's put forth in Colossians chapter 3, verse, 20, verse 23, that you can apply to anything in life, but especially as we go out and serve. Listen to what it says. It says, so whatever you do, 
work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord who? Christ. Amen. See, folks, the Lord promises us in his word that when we obey him and when we serve people, listen, when we, when we do what he's asking us to do, listen, that, he, that ultimately, Lord, that, that he's going to bless us, that he's going to honor us for our obedience. In fact, when we serve, it's really an act of faith. Because if God promises to be with us, to bless us, to honor our, our efforts, right, it's really an act of faith when we serve. And so, you know, I, I, believe, I really believe that when the Lord looks down, and he sees a church that does its best to serve this city. He says, I believe that the Lord blesses and honors that church. Do you believe that? You know, even though we might do things imperfectly, and I know we, listen, we're, we're far from perfect. I believe that God, that our perfect God sees what we do and he blesses what we do. And I think one of the reasons that a church grows, it's not so much because of that personal invite or that personal interaction. I know that there's many of you here today that have come because of a personal invite, and that does happen. But I think that the bigger reason why, a, why, why the Lord blesses a church is because when he sees the people of that church having a heart for a city, wanting to serve and love the people who are in darkness and shine his light, I believe that God sovereignly at that point, when he sees the heart of a church, he starts drawing people to the church. Why? Because that church right there and that church is following what I'm asking him to do. That church has a heart for the people of this city. And folks, it's amazing when you start seeing many churches in this city start doing what the Lord is asking them to do. Listen, we don't have just one church shining bright light. We have many churches shining bright light. Amen. Shouldn't that be the goal of the Capital C Church for all of us to be light in our local community so that all of Miami, all of South Florida, they would see many churches shining the light of Christ. That, that's the way it should be, amen? And I don't know about you, family, but listen, I want to be a church that does it, Amen? Listen, let's not be a church that doesn't shine the light of Christ. And so you may be wondering, all right, pastor, so what are we going to do? Right, because we are ready to serve. I want to shine the light of Christ in this city. Well, I got great news for you because next Saturday morning, all right, on November 21st, listen, we are going to have a big serve day. How many of you are excited to next, for the big serve day, yeah? Hey, listen, in case you're joining us just recently and you're not aware what this is, is, you know, we serve the city throughout the year, but at different times we all gather together in one specific day and we go out to the city and we serve and love the people who are in this dark, dark world. And the last time we did this, we had over 1,500 people come out, everyone wearing their shirts, and it was an amazing thing to go out there and just serve this, peop this, this, this city. And this year for Thanksgiving, you know, we're coming up in the holidays and the reality is that there's a lot of people who are still struggling, who are really in need. And so we're doing a, a plethora of things throughout different campuses where we will be doing Thanksgiving boxes with meals for people. Uh, we will be uh, delivering 
um, clothing to people who are in need. Uh, we're going to be serving our partners like Agape and uh, Eve's Hope and FCA and Youth for Christ. We're going to go and help beautify their buildings, get them ready to serve the people of this city. We're going to be serving the Venezuelan refugees that have been coming here, and we're going to go and serve them and, and really just serve them a meal and just be with them. And so each campus is going to do different, different things. And so your campus pastor, in a little bit, he's going to give you more information. But here's what I want to challenge us. Listen, I know that we are in the middle of a pandemic. But listen, we cannot let, let a pandemic get in the way of us shining the light of Christ. Can I get an amen to that? Listen, we cannot let a pandemic get in the way of shining the light of Christ. At, sure, we will be safe, spacious, and sanitized. We will do things right. But listen, there are people in the city that need Christ, right, that need the Lord. And so we're going to take this opportunity to go out there and do the good works that Christ is commanding us and, listen, and, do, what, and, and do the work of the gospel. Listen, if we can go to the mall, if we can go to the store, if we can go to restaurants, if we can do a lot of things today, surely we can go on a Saturday morning and serve people. Amen? And so I want to challenge us. Listen, next Saturday is going to be a special day. You don't want to be sitting at home while the whole church is going out to serve and love the city. Here's the thing. When you go out with your family, listen, not only do you really do make an impact in the life of the people that you serve, but you know in the midst of it, the Lord works in your heart as well. Amen? In fact, take a look at the story from our last big surf. Hi, my name is Sam Lanero. This is my wife, Stephanie. Serving to me is a tangible way of showing God's grace to people. And I think it's really important to serve as a family because you're showing the future generations how important it is to love on people that might have less than them. Last year during Big Serve Day, we went to One More Child, which is a single mother's facility, where they help single moms get back on their feet, help them find jobs, take care of the kids for them while they're doing job interviews and everything else. What touched my heart the most serving there was just being able to help single mothers. I grew up with a single mom, and she did everything that she possibly could for us, and even the church that we were at, I saw how they served my mom however much they could. So just being able to give that back to single moms that are there now really kind of touched my heart because it was I was in that place when I was a kid. I'm really excited to serve in Big Serve Day this year because I'm not only going to be serving with my family, but I'm also going to be serving with my church family. And it's really exciting because we're going to be able to serve people who have been affected by this pandemic. Meeting them where they're at and meeting them with things as easy as food. What I really want people to know about Big Serve Day is that it's a chance for you to see how God's hand works in the community. There are several opportunities at almost every single campus that you can do, and we're all doing this on the same day. So it's such a huge impact that we're making on the community for the kingdom. I would encourage everyone to come out to Big Serve Day. It's a really tangible way of showing God's grace and showing God's love to the community and really being able to connect with them. And maybe you've been in that same situation before. Well, here's your opportunity to really meet someone where they're at, where maybe you've been, and you can speak into their situation and bring hope and love into their situation. Hey, can we give it up for that, for that young couple? So I want to challenge you. Listen, I don't know what, you know, what stage of life you are, but listen, I want, to, I want to challenge you next Saturday morning. Come out to your local campus and let's go and be a light in the city. If you have your Black Christ Fellowship t-shirt, bring it with you. If you don't have one, don't worry, we got you covered. But whatever the case may be, come out with your, with your friends, with your family, with your little ones, and let's go shine the light in this dark world. Now before, let me just... Can I share something? You know, maybe you're out there right now and you're watching. You've 
joining us for today for the very first time. Maybe it's, maybe you've been watching for several weeks and the reality is that we've been talking about the light that Christ gives us and, and Christ being our light. You're like, oh, well, I don't have that. You know, I'm, I'm here right now, I'm watching, but the reality is I know deep inside of my heart, I don't, I don't have Christ. I know about the Lord, I, but I don't have a relationship with him. So how can I do that? Well, listen to what John chapter 8, 12 says. He says this. It says, again, Jesus spoke to him saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever one follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have light of life. And so listen, following the Lord is very simple. The way you follow the Lord is not going back to Big Serve Day. The way you start to start following the Lord is not by just randomly tuning into a church service. But the way that you follow the Lord, that you start following Him, is that there has to come to a point where you come to faith in Christ, where you put your trust and your faith in what Christ has done for you at the cross when He died for your sins, how He has an eternal life for you. And folks, the moment that you surrender your life and you put your trust in Christ, you know what happens? The Lord forgives you of all of your sins. Everything you've been ashamed of, He forgives you. You start a personal relationship with the Lord. And now you have the light of Christ. You start experiencing all that God has for you. But you've got to come to a point of putting your trust and your faith in. So if that's you, I want to just lead you through a prayer right now, wherever you're watching. And as you pray, listen, don't pray this to me. You pray to the Lord who ultimately is ready to hear you and listen to you, okay? Let's bow our heads and pray with me. Father, today I realize, Father, that without your light, without you, Lord, I'm living in a dark world. And so, Father, I come before you, put my trust in you today. I realize I'm a sinner and I ask you for forgiveness. So, Lord, forgive me of my sins today. Father, I put my trust in you and give me everlasting life. Give me the light that's in you. Because, Father, I don't want to walk, walk in darkness anymore, Lord. I want to walk in your light. For the rest of my life, Lord, help me to live a life that honors you. I love you, and I thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, can you give it up for, for those who came to know Christ while you're watching? Make sure to fill out that connection card right now. and by texting or going to a website and filling that card out and one of our pastors will reach out to you, all right? Well, I'm going to ask the campus pastor to come to the front and they're going to update you on everything you're going to be doing for Big Serve. Love you guys.